Hey, Mercenary listeners, this is Matt Monahan. I just have Dan on today, who's in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about uh, virtual reality, which is something that Dan has been uh, getting into pretty heavily, and how it's completely different than any other kind of filmmaking. Um, we talk about how the Oculus Rift is is going to be taken over, but there's there's tons of other different kinds of headsets out there, and about what if Minecraft was higher resolution and on your face. Let's get into it. All right, this uh, this episode is uh, just me and Dan. Uh, this is the Mercenary Podcast. I'm Matt Monahan in Philadelphia, and Dan is, as usual, in L.A. Um, That's correct. We uh, let's see. I've been I've been working on my project, which is now coming to an end. We're looking to to launch it soon, so it's kind of like a uh, a, f- a flurry of of activity as we're trying to figure out. You know, what are the things that are need to have to go live in the next uh, like three or four weeks, and what are the things that we can kind of brush off and 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 fix or or do. Uh, after we've launched and got some feedback from customers. So that's like the real social engineering aspect of, of the job, which is actually, in my opinion, for me, it's the hardest because it's you're not sure exactly what everybody needs and at what time. So you, it's, you're kind of at doing a lot of asking and saying like, all right, are you ready for this? Uh, is, who needs to be trained? Uh, when do they need to be trained? Uh, is the, the app that we're making... Uh, is it ready to be for us to start making uh, marketing materials and training materials like video and stuff like that? If it's going to change significantly, that we can't do that yet. So it's it's uh, it's real like precarious, um, but difficult and, and difficult uh, um, situation to be in as like a product manager. But but it's fun. It's it's exciting. We're gonna launch it. It's gonna be cool. People are gonna love it. Well, can you, what what is it? You can't talk about it yet, right? No, I can talk about it. It's it's just it's a data modeling. Um, app like a data modeling portion of our uh, application, so that it's basically the um, there's a part of the ETL process which is extract, transform, and load, um, where you're this is kind of addressing the T part, the transform. So once you've got the data inside RJ Metrics, you kind of you need to um, kind of move it around. Put if you've got two different data sources, maybe you got to combine them together. Uh, so what this data modeler portion of the RJ Metrics platform uh, does is allow you to basically do that without having to write any code. You don't have to write any SQL. Um, so a business user can do it. Someone who knows SQL uh, will be able to pick it up really easily. Um, so there are very few tools like this in the market, and there's going to be a lot of them, and we're going to be near the, near the first. Um, which is, right, you should cool. get out of, get out ahead of that. Uh, kind of thing. Yeah, and it's something that we've um, heard so much feedback that we know that pe- this is what people want. Uh, we just need to just nail down the, the particulars of, of like the workflow and how people want to use it. Cool. Um, so, the, we, yeah, I want to talk to you about VR, uh, virtual reality. Indeed, indeed, it's been it's been an interesting past few weeks. Um, we've been uh, we've both been pretty busy with various different things. I feel like we haven't really done this since I think probably mid February. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff has come down. I the the horror film that I did last fall was um, 
It was revealed at the uh, European Film Market in Berlin, and it was revealed to be a remake of the French movie Martyrs. Obviously, I knew it was a remake because we made the movie, but I couldn't really talk about it for a while because that movie is a... I mean, it's a very cult movie. It's sort of a cult following. Um, and to the point where a lot of people have already cut together like their own fan trailers of the film already um, based on the people who are in it and sort of our version of it. So there's no official trailer, but sort of like the fan versions have already been cut together. So we kept it super quiet until we wanted to reveal it for sales and other stuff in Berlin. So um, that happened in, uh, in like mid-February. And, you know, we've, we've locked picture on it and, uh, we're still in post, um, but not sure when it will come out, but, uh, that's where we are right now. And, uh, I guess since then, um, I'm a co-producer on this film called The Choice, which is based on a book by, uh, Nicholas Sparks, who has written, uh, a number of books that have been pretty successful. And he did, uh, he obviously originally wrote The Notebook and, um, which is a big, you know, tearjerker, uh, sad, but sort of semi-bittersweet, happy ending kind of movie. Matt's um, seen it many times. Um, and uh, <laughs> I've seen it yeah. at least one time. Yes, I, exactly. I may or may not have cried, I, but I don't remember. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, working on, um, uh, w- working on a movie called The Choice that is based on one of his books. So that's uh, it is also in post- um, but yeah, the big, the big fun stuff is, uh, not that it's not fun, but with the, the innovative stuff that is happening, uh, now is, is really virtual reality, which I've been a big fan of from the, from the get go. Um, when Cody Brown, we, we got to figure out getting Cody Brown on here, uh, just so we can fight about stuff that happened like seven years ago, <laughs> but, um, which I know everyone's dying to hear about, but with, uh, but Cody Brown showed me the Oculus Rift in August of last year. And I played a sort of zombie game. And for people who don't know, um, the whole thing about virtual reality is that it's in 360. So whether it's the Oculus Rift, Rift rather, or the Samsung VR device, it's all in 360. So whether it's a CGI video game environment or live footage, Wherever you look, there's a gyroscope and sort of a sensor that wherever you look up or down or below you is where the camera goes. And it's truly immersive. I think it's – we talked before about how it's one of the only things where I think you can get a true sense of vertigo from it. Um, And to me – to me, like people talk about 3D and how like VR is analogous to 3D. And to me, if – I think regular cinema to 3D is like going from black and white to color or whatever like metaphor you use. But VR is like going from radio to TV. Right. It's like the medium is so different and so involved and involved in a way that no one can figure out yet. That it's I think it's I think it's that that big of a jump. So um, I do have one question: Are you washing the dishes in the background? Um, I am not. No. <laughs> um, it's a good sound effect, though. You like that? It's a good... Uh, um, I could probably... I'll, I'll press a button. I'll have that stopped. <laughs> Fix it in post. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting. And I shot a test on a rig that had eight GoPros on it. Because basically when you shoot in 360, you shoot... You know, you're shooting everywhere at the same time. So it's really complicated because, you know, 
not only are you trying to figure out story stuff and how you tell stuff in 360 when you can look around, but you're also trying to figure out where you put people, where the camera can be, where people can be. You're literally looking everywhere because, um, and then you sort of stitch, you use eight cameras that are around one thing and then you stitch together uh, later. So, you know, you're adding all these new processes that have never been done before, at least when you use live action, you know, like the CGI stuff is a lot like a video game environment. But um, yeah, shot that a few weeks ago. It's pretty. It's pretty fascinating, to be honest. That's awesome. Like I'm. I'm really. Um, I haven't tried the the Oculus or, or any of the other VR um, setups, but I'm really bullish on just VR as as being not just a, uh, a kind of like a movie gimmick. Like I, I feel like I haven't. You know, I haven't seen a 3D movie, but my impression is that it's not. It, it's like. People are not shouting about 3D movies as being like the end all be all. Like it's it's not like going from black and white to color. 3D yeah. movies seem like it's going from just like uh, it really just 2D to you know 2D plus. It's not even really like 3D. But then yeah, so maybe that jump isn't even that much of an accurate depiction. It's it's sort of just it's it's something. It is sort of people have sort of seen it as a gimmick. Like I think it's, I think 3D works really real, well in Avatar, and I think it works well in Hugo from a storytelling perspective. Mm. But besides that, because so many 3Ds are like post converts that are just done later, I generally do not like 3D. Uh, yeah. So, but I get the the impression that like VR oh. ha- is so immersive. Uh, if done well, that you can start to have experiences, like, and I don't mean just kind of like uh, you really got, you really kind of lost yourself in a movie, which is like the best part of of, uh, of seeing movies that are really good, is that you you find yourself in the flow. Where you're, you're not really watching anymore. You're just kind of in it. Um, but I think VR has the ability to take that to like the next level, where you start to like your brain starts to be tricked into thinking it's actually like feeling. Uh, wind or you know like feeling sun like the sun on you um, when you might be just in a dark room yeah I mean I think also with where you know the mix will get because I'm talking to guys about mixing what's you know all these different headsets are coming out and what's interesting is that you have traditional you know sound and you know basically you have storytelling that can be told through um, you know people walking up to you uh, cars passing you and you can mix in you know, if you mix in Dolby Atmos and you have really good headphones, you know, like Bose headphones or Sennheiser headphones, suddenly, if you put on headphones and have a VR setup, like suddenly you're 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 there. Like you're really just you're you're and, and also the resolution isn't that great for now because literally, I have the Samsung uh, device and the Samsung device is just the Note 4 phone and. It's um so it's it's the it's the Note 4 phone and all Samsung devices from now on will have VR technology sort of grandfathered in, and you know you're looking at a phone very close up, but you know in the next year the resolution's gonna be way better and the sound will be way better. It's um it's really interesting. So you haven't so you I have a bunch of this stuff. Do you have you downloaded the app Color? Like what of VR have you seen so far? I did today, and I think I watched a walkthrough of a hotel. And, um, I mean, all I could really tell was just like, you know, I move my phone around and the view changes as the camera's moving. So it's like I can swivel my head on a 360 degree axis as a camera's moving. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to that? I mean, I think it's interesting. I think I'm obviously not getting any of the, the same experience as you would with a headset on. 
Well, yeah, you still have peripheral vision. And what um, I have uh, a VR sort of consultant expert who made this kind of very uh, salient point is that he's like, you know, when you put on the headset, suddenly slow motion is way different. Because if you think about slow motion in movies, if you can see the rest of your room or the theater or whatever it is in in regular vision and you still have your periphery or peripheral rather like slow motion doesn't have a big effect suddenly in vr when you put on a headset and you have no peripheral slow motion is going to have a way bigger effect um even black and white movies in vr are going to have a way different effect because you don't have the peripheral vision of seeing your real world outside of that so like there's definitely a huge effect from an immersion standpoint and also an experience standpoint of having the headset versus the so app. Are you saying just watching regular movies in the uh, with the headset on it will be like a big step forward? Yeah, there's an interesting thing. I'm not I'm not completely sure about where the crossover is. Um, there's an interesting thing on the Samsung device that comes preloaded where you can sit in a virtual theater where there's seats and the seats are next to you. Um, and you can also be on the moon and like the moon, like you're, you basically, you're watching a movie on the, on the moon and there's a projector that's set up in front of you and you can look around the moon, but then there's a big screen in front of you. So there's a 2d screen in front of you. That's like projecting a movie, but then you can also look into space and look around you as well. Just like you're watching like a movie on the moon. And what's (laughs) interesting is that the movies that are playing on the moon are like trailers for like Godzilla, Transformers, Hobbit. And so you can watch trailers in a virtual environment. And I'm not sure, you know, I don't know. It's it's really cool. The 3D actually plays a lot better because you're in the headset. I don't know if people want to watch movies completely. I don't uh, I don't know if people will want to watch traditional movies without the VR experience in the VR headset. But I don't know. I kind of treat it like IMAX. I kind of treat it like I would love to do a movie that's traditional, and then there's one or two car chases that are in VR, and then and then it's like if you mm. you you watch it at home, you know you watch the movie on the VR headset, but then suddenly there's like three or four sequences like you do an amazing like gun shootout or something or a big gunfight or a car chase and that's in VR, but. You know, I think that's sort of where it's going to go, and I think there's going to be original content that's completely in VR, but it has to suit what the medium is. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I'm excited about, and it, the reason I'm excited about it is because I don't know if it's lately or just in general, but I've been having these, like, really intense dreams of just, like, really beautiful landscapes. <laughs> and the thing is, is just that, like, the dream is... It oftentimes when I have dreams like that, I wake up and think, wow, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And and then I realize, I'm like, wow, that was a dream and it was completely produced inside my head. Hmm. And I was like, that that was so immersive. Like I could feel the wind. I could smell what the, the just like the landscape smelled like. And you know, I could like smell the jungle. And I just remember thinking, and oftentimes what makes them so beautiful and so weird and like so memorable is that is that I'll see like I'll be like standing on in a some like villa on the side of a mountain but the mountain is like miles uh tall so it's like if you think like how beautiful it must be to see mount everest imagine seeing something that was 10 times as big right and and like imagine the the overwhelming uh realization of like what you're looking at and like that's what I was able to find to to like have somehow myself 
So I was thinking to myself, I was like, you could reproduce this. Like, and the thing that, that's, that's amazing about this is like, imagine, you know, you have Minecraft and Minecraft is, is imagine like a, you know, I mean, you know what it is, but it's very pixelated. So Minecraft is really just moving a bunch of cubes around. And if you spend enough time and you move enough of them around, you can create some pretty uh, incredible landscapes, especially when you, when you zoom out. So they don't look as pixelated, right? If you're like, if you're right in the game, you're just looking at like a whole bunch of boxes, and it doesn't really look like much. But when you zoom out, you can actually see uh, a really incredible uh, either mountain or city that someone designed. And like they do, they have websites dedicated to this, and it's the internet. So there's people that are going crazy making these things. Yeah. So the thing is, is like you can sell, or I mean, you can give away for free these amazing landscapes, and you can experience them yourself, and just go there and and just walk around i mean with minecraft eventually it'll get to the point if someone else will will make it so you get to the point it's super high resolution so it's like almost like real life and those that opportunity is is like you can experience things that can't possibly exist in in our our world they can be cheap to make they can be like overwhelmingly um uh meaningful and it's something that is I don't think is that far away from us. And that gets me extremely excited because I've got some stuff in my head that I want to get out into that medium. And I can't do it right now, but I, I know that I will uh, in the next, like, 20 years. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Like, some of the cool stuff that's in VR already, it's weird because of some of the stuff I mentioned where, you know, in CG it's easier to hide um, – it's easier to hide. Well, you don't have to hide uh, the cameras or the lights or anything that you'd have to for, for live action. But in CG, it's easier to create landscapes um, and, and, and people and other stuff because it's all from scratch. It's an environment that you're creating from scratch and there's nothing to hide. So, you know, stuff exists right now. The more complicated and the more daring and the more bold stuff exists in, in the CG world right now because it's a natural extension of video games. But, you know, there's some stuff where there's some great helicopter shots of Iceland and, and of Hawaii and stuff. And and it's not quite there yet, but the tech is sort of in, you know, the beginning steps to really put you there. I, I think you'd really like, you know, let's talk about uses, right? I think you'd really like a lot of, like, the, the tours of Hawaii or the tours of different places from the air. And, and eventually, you know, it'd be cool just, to, like, after a long day of work, just to put on with headphones and sort of just like it's how people like fall asleep to like rain and stuff or fall oh, asleep. Absolutely, to, yeah. I think you're just going to be able to just like relax and just be in these environments um, that are almost completely immersive. And I think that's going to be it's not that far off. I think that's pretty easy. So that's you know again, how do you monetize that? And how the biggest thing with VR is that everyone sort of thinks it's really cool. But is it a gimmick or is it the future, and how so? And and if it's the future, like how do you monetize it? Well, That's... I mean, it's like anything else. It's like a level in a video game. Like you can buy it. Uh, I I I don't think that that's bad or you know um, outside the realm of people's like understanding of how this works. Like you want an episode of a movie or you want an episode of a of a particular place, you, you buy it and it's two ninety nine, and you can sell as many as you want. I would absolutely do that. Like five bucks uh, to go to some beach or something like that. Right. I mean, it's the same thing. Like you said, you buy it on Amazon, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, I mean that's and if it's like really unique or you know if there's different levels of like people have showed that um, you know it's like with the freemium games maybe there's some model like that where you give away certain things and then and then, and then it's like you want to see more you have to like you buy it's like um, yeah and you, you can like I was saying before you could bundle these things so like the quintessential thing and I guarantee this will happen if we don't if we don't do it our, ourselves somebody else will. Is the you buy a six pack of Corona and you sit on your couch, you put your VR on, you scan like a QR code that's on the the uh, the six pack, and you get the free Corona beach level where you just can chill, <laughs> and uh, it, it creates the same thing as the commercial. That's a pretty like kind of tacky and um, very realistic possibility, but if you just take that model. And and just think about all the different brands that want to sell you something that when you you buy it you get something that goes along with your your VR experience. You, like it's inevitable. It seems inevitable to me to, that that um, that that would that would happen. So yeah, that sort of brings up the whole. Like I think the the whole crux of VR right now is that you can't. Well, it's very hard to stitch everything together. Like talking about live action VR, um, we talked about sort of the CG aspect for a while. The the live action VR, you know, like I said on the the test that I did, it was very sort of primitive. But you're shooting on a camera that has eight cameras, and you're then stitching everything together. Sort of, you know, there's a way to do it sort of same day if you, you have a rig that is, you know, you can't really mess with the cameras that much. You have to keep everything with as few variables as possible. But the biggest jump in VR will be live stitching. Is when you can actually is basically what's going to drive. VR in many ways is stuff like American football, where suddenly you can do a live stitch and there's no delay. The reason why there's no VR at football right now is because it takes an immense amount of processing power and bandwidth, which is we'll get to in a second, but it takes an immense amount of processing power and technical skill to stitch stuff together. Because what you have is you have you have the eight camera streams. And then you have almost you have like VFX artists working on every stitch with oh, the help, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So because it's almost like you you know there's algorithms. I mean, I think our friend our friend uh, Vlad said that once he, he he sat down and watched a, a football game in like 2006, and he was just like, "This is the most amazing um, <laughs> like uh, live video event he's ever seen," because right. it's, it, when you really think about the, the sheer technology uh, and like all of the creative decisions that need to be made in near real time. It's amazing. Right. And then that's just how it is now. And they have the spider cam that like flies behind people and the overhead cams. Like right now with VR, you have to have people, you, you run, say you have a rig that has eight cameras and, and you already have an algorithm and you have a post program that knows that rig. And so it, it knows the up cameras facing this way. It knows that this camera's next to it. You can run it through a rough stitch pretty quickly, but you know, depending on how close objects are, depending on a few things, you still have to have a creative go in there. And it's like, um, imagine you had two files in Photoshop and you're trying to merge them. You could, it's the creative is basically picking how much of do you go fifty fifty? Do you pick do you go seventy thirty? And you you burn the image to make it match. You know, like basically the creative in the stitch is saying how much of this frame do you stitch together with how much of that's that frame. Mm. And it's and so right now, you know, you basically give someone footage and they 
they stitch together, they run it through a program, they then do the fine work, detail work later, it, it doesn't happen live. And so you couldn't – the VR will explode once you can do live football in VR and, and, and like live basketball and you can have courtside seats and you can what just would be – What would the experience be? I mean would it be courtside seats? Would it be you're on the field in the spider cam kind of thing? I think so. I mean, I think it's a. I mean, it's it's weird because so like, you know right now because the experience today is is there you know there's ten eight to ten cameras or whatever and and they're cutting, so and that and that might be a better experience like that like, like what, they just sort of figured out football pretty well. What you just have a three D like you can turn your head around and stuff like that, but just from ten different camera positions. Yeah, because I think you're going to have even right now in the headset. There's actually a menu that I think works way better than I thought it would on the side, where you just swipe and you can do stuff. I think you're going to have, um, I think you're going to have like the Minority Report gloves that you put the gloves on, and then you like you can. You, uh, you, can won't, like, you won't even need the gloves. You just use like a leap motion or a connect that just wave your hand around. Right, or you can have like a thumb thing or whatever. But basically, you're you're going to have. At a flick of your wrist, it'll sense that the menu comes up, and then you just swipe your hand, and you'll be able to scroll through like ten or fifteen cameras, and see you ha- on on the field at any moment. So it's like I want to see this from this angle. You will be the technical director in the booth, making those decisions. You know, uh, what, you know what I've always wanted because what what always kind of um, left me uh, unsatisfied about most of these UIs. Where it's, it seems like people are either going, well, you have a button or you have like a wee nunchuck kind of thing. It's like you have this tactile thing and it's, 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 um, it doesn't change. Like it's the same thing. So you have to just kind of like make it fit for your hand and, and prob- put as few buttons as, th- as possible on it. And then everything has to be adapted to those, that button layout. So there's that thing. And that's worked pretty damn well. Um, that's the controller paradigm and then you have this one where it's just like well all right your hands are just going to be in the air and you're flicking you're flicking yourself around and that's gonna um that's gonna control some ui that you see on a screen to me both of these are unsatisfactory like neither of like because the thing is with with the hand thing where it's just a sensor you're not getting any tactile feedback you're not feeling um like if you're let's say you're rotating something or like you're scrolling or something like that you're not like feeling the scroll and you and you still you feel the scroll when you're using a computer if you have a touchpad or if you have a scroll wheel, like you feel these things, and it, they're very satisfying. It really feels like you're you're in control. Um, and the downside with the the controller thing is that like because it's a molded piece of plastic, you only get one shot at that. You you made it once, you ship it, and and that's that. It's, I think there's a medium, um, uh, pun intended, that. Let's say you know those, um, you know those kind of like pin game that that thing that they used to sell at a novelty store. That's just a bunch of pins in a box, and you like stick your hand in it, and you see a, a pin. Oh yeah, I haven't seen those in years. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is going to make a comeback. What and what it's going to be is you stick your hand into a thick of rubber, and some of the pins like harden to be something that you can like hold on to. And it's specific to whatever you're holding on to. So let's say it's like a steering wheel. You just move your hand along the steering wheel. And the material is just is just like hardening and softening based on uh, the thing that you have to control. And like, let's say you're like, you want to pick up an apple. And then suddenly this, this, this stuff is like shaped like an apple. And your hand can move through it. 
And when you drop it, like, it just kind of goes away. So, like, there will be this almost, like, mush, this technological, electronic, mechanical mush that can be manipulated and can be, like, um, uh, made into things that you can interact with, which I think is the the is like the happy medium between just the moving your hand around and having it sense what you're doing and having an actual physical controller. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you you get kind of frustrated when you're especially as the as the immersion gets better, it's going to be a whole uh, opposite effect of you're going to want it'll be an inverse relationship to how dissatisfied you'll be in terms of the tactile sense because you won't be able to you won't be able to hold on to anything. And you'll just be you'll be swiping with your hand, but nothing will really happen. So that's that's definitely interesting. Um, so in terms like you know live sports, live music is going to be great. I think doing you know people people are still going to go to Coachella. I think people are going to pay money to do the VR. Like what's interesting about VR is that theoretically it should create a whole new market for things that doesn't currently exist. It actually is a growth market because people are still going to go to football games. People are still going to go to live music events. But if you don't go, people are now going to be able to watch it at home like you, in a different way. You know, and maybe if you know going to a football game costs X and buying the Sunday ticket for the year costs X minus Y then you know the VR will be somewhere in between. Like you can buy a VR package yeah. for, for courtside seats for like a thousand bucks for the year. I'm I'm 100 yeah. percent on board for like the concert thing because I guess I don't know if it's me just getting older, but like actually going to concerts is like I don't get that psyched about it. But but I'll watch a concert um, like online. Like I remember, and I really this really came to me when I was watching Muse at Wembley Stadium. You know, at uh, Wembley Stadium. And I was just like, I'm having a fucking awesome time by myself. Uh, I thought that was like so cool. And I would, what I realized was like, if I, if it just felt like I was really there, um, I, I, you know, I'd pay for that. Yeah, I wonder how. Um, I was going to say the, the the main thing is like the social aspect, right? So. So it's like if you want to go to a concert, I guess it just depends, right? If you want to – as people do more things on their own and, and sort of uh, – and consume more content and more things on their own, you know, what kind of sucks about VR is that, you know, you can have this experience. But it's an experience that unless you screenshot it, like unless you have like an external monitor, which you can do, which is kind of interesting to see like people's unique experiences of things but you can't see what anyone else is watching. So you'll never be able to be in a movie theater, something crazy happens or even at home and just like look at the next person and just be like, holy shit. You know, it's sort of like what you see is, is completely contained to you. But I think that's sort of, you know, that's sort of what it is. Like certain people will like it. Certain people won't. Mm. Um, so what's the next, like what's, these are things that are awesome. We know that they're going to happen. These things might be several years away um, from fully being realized. Like, we don't. What's? I feel like we're in the friendster stage of VR. Yeah, like, no, I, we we. I think we are too. I think. Uh, I, I love I, using I, that analogy. Like the, this is the friendster of VR. It's the friendster. It's like whatever is going to happen is is going to change radically Bit, and leaving Bitcoin, none of what's. Bitcoin may be the friendster of cryptocurrencies. I think, yeah, I, I think it's a little, 
Uh, yeah, it, it could be. <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if analogies like that. The problem with analogies like that is I just don't know if, if it's like this: the, the events that happened at a certain geopolitical, technological stage that allowed certain things to develop. I just don't know if analogies like that, sort of from a where we were on a timeline, really hold any water again. I know you're kidding, but um, <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing with VR right now. So um, for me, I think we're at the Epcot stage of VR. And what I mean by that is every VR short that I've seen, there's one for um, this movie called Insurgent, which is part of the Divergent series, which is an interesting series of titles. But it's sort of a YA-adapted, young, uh, female-driven sort of action rebellion kind of, sort of a Hunger Games-esque movie is sort of what it is. And and, um, uh, so... They did a VR short where you're basically in a CG environment and they sort of they shot live action on green screen and they put people in an environment. But in watching it, um, and a lot, you know, a lot of it's very cool, but in watching it, it's basically a theme park ride. It's it, it's right now VR for you know, they did it as a marketing thing for the movie mm-hmm. and as sort of a, a cool crossover thing, but. It, it, you're you are a character, you are a computer character who's strapped to a chair and you're watching stuff. And it's sort of like a, it's sort of a theme park ride. It's like those theme park rides. It's like the Back to the Future ride, you know, where you're you're. Yeah, there was a um, there was a ride called Body Wars at Epcot, um, which is one of my favorite rides ever. Uh, I forget when they discontinued it, sometime in the '90s. But it was basically you you're in a um, you're in a car with like 20 other people, and the car doesn't move at all. It's you're just a a big screen in front of you. And it's the car will move like up and down, and left and right, and rock back side to side. But you're not actually like moving or like forward or or backwards. And it's and the premise of the ride is that you have to um, get shrunk down and inserted into this person's body and go fight some like virus or something like that. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I was terrified on it. Like I thought we were really in someone's body. It was it was awesome. Um, and there was something similar, uh, I think, at MGM. It was the um, it was the Aerosmith uh, ride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Do that. Do you remember that, that one? <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly where things are. Like not um, like beyond. Well, obviously beyond. Like it's like being on beyond the, the roller coaster aspect. It, that's basically where VR is in, in the sense that it's like an, you know you, you went to the Omnimax Theater in Philadelphia, the the Franklin Institute, right? The the theater that wraps all around you. You remember that? That's like the three dimensional. Um, it's like a dome kind of thing. Yeah, right. It's like a. It's basically a two seventy like planetarium version of IMAX. Right, and your like seat reclines. Yeah, yeah. That's that combined with the Aerosmith ride, but without the movement, is basically where VR is. No, that's like that's sort of where it can get to, um, with where things are at right now. Um, yeah, the resolution will get better, the experience, but like conceptually, that's where VR is. I think what will be really interesting is once. People start shooting. You're in this. But what I mean by the Epcot stage is that you're in these experiences that are experiences. It's like, you know, how cool would it be to storm the beach at Normandy in World War II in VR? And that's that's a, that's a story because things happen, but it's an experience. Yeah. You know, it's like something that. And you, I guess you, I guess what I wanted to point out, maybe I I was trying to say this earlier, it was just that like the there's a, such a a stark difference between just watching something and kind of putting yourself in the in the place of the the characters 
and actually being there and your brain is starting to freak out because it actually thinks you're there. Like the primitive part of your brain is, is engaged to the part where like if you're actually going to be in the, on the beaches of Normandy, this experience could be so intense that you get post-traumatic stress disorder from it. Right, that you'd want to, you'd want to, like, you, you couldn't watch that long. Yeah, I, like, I, like the, people could get sued over how experience, like, how uh, real these things could feel. To the part where, like, you might be in part of uh, the movie, um, and you, you just have a nervous breakdown, because you, like, can't, you, you actually think that you're going to get shot. Well, I think the way to do that, actually, is not, and this is sort of a, like, sort of a film language thing. I think you, you, you should shoot stuff in VR like you would a normal film. And I think people will sort of ease off, like, they'll let their guard down. I think it's like, right now when you're in POV and you know you're in POV the entire time, for me, the effect kind of wears off. And POV, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, first-person shooter stuff. It's like, once you're in that the whole time, it kind of gets a little bit stale after a while. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, okay. I think I think the key is just to shoot stuff and have coverage, and then at different times, you're just going to be in this world, and you get kind of used to it, and then... You know, it's like horror movies. Like, you know, it's not always in POV where you're the main character, but you can do five or six times in a movie where you know you see that you see the lead character walk down a hallway, and you're like, oh shit, like don't go in that door, and then you sort of follow them, and then you're like, I hope I don't become them at the at the exact time the thing's gonna jump out at me, but I know I am. That's gonna be amazing because because the audience is suddenly like you, like not only you can kind of control your fate a little bit because you can look around the door and you can do stuff. Yeah, like can you have specific um, footage being shown based on like where you're looking? Like if you if you look over here at this time, like some other thing plays uh, after that. Where is is if you saw something happen, you saw like someone exit stage right or something like that. Um, maybe a different version happens. Yeah, I mean that. Well, you can do that. It kind of gets into the whole like choose your own adventure thing, which is like yeah. a whole other aspect of it. Because um, I mean, you could do that. We can rationalize how to produce that today. It's like, well, you you shoot three different ways of of doing this, and you just sense where the person's head is looking at any given time, and then you play one of them, right? right. But if you, it's the logical conclusion is that if you're if the technology advanced so much. You could just have the entire experience be like programmatic. You could have someone program an algorithm that kind of like decides what's happening based on lots of different inputs, like how fast you're breathing, uh, if you're quiet, if you say anything, if you're looking in a certain direction, you know, if there's any kind of movement or anything like that. You can change the entire story to the point where, the, as you, the producer, you might not even know how the story could possibly end. There could be thousands of possible endings based on all the inputs. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the question is, do people want to – the question is ultimately how – in this interactive space where you're deciding where to look and what to do, how interactive does it need to be? Like, for example, when people watch a movie, you're, you're pretty passive. You're, you're watching content. You're watching stories unfold on a screen. But in VR, you've taken it a little bit further, whereas you're, um, you know, you're, you're more active in the world – but you're still sort of a passive observer. Now, in full video game mode, you are directing what you see and what you do and, and, and what happens completely. Um, so I think sort of the mesh between those two things and what is satisfying and what is not, you know, 
it might be you're familiar with the, the concept of uncanny valley, right? Oh, of course. I've that, I've written about the subject. Um so basically um I feel like this is sort of analogous, but I feel like there's sort of an uncanny valley of at a certain point when you're watching something you you maybe don't want to interact with it. Like you know, it's almost at a certain point it, it gets to a point where you're uh, it might be um, oh, like just, it's just it's not it's not satisfying because it's not close enough. Because it becomes work, or 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 it yeah. becomes or, be, or it becomes something else that yeah, you're not you, looking. You find that you're in uh, you're in mist. <laughs> you're playing mist from the '90s. Yeah, you know? and it's just not good enough. It's like you say something to someone and they respond to you with something that's clearly canned, and you're like, oh god, I just, I, now I got to listen to this person talk for like two minutes and do all this like. Um, this like exposition that I don't care for. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's it's sort of like, what it's like. Be, it's like being in uh, watching Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's uh, explaining the, the whole the whole thing in the um, uh, at the university, and you're like, I just want to fight the damn Nazis. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> no, but that that's a good ex- example of an exposition bomb in that movie. But <laughs> I think uh, he's like, haven't you been to Bible school? Whatever he says, yeah. but. Um. Uh, but but yeah, that that's sort of what I think. What would decide things is that right now, I think it's at the Epcot stage, and I think it needs to be like you know, I think it needs to be at the House of Cards stage, you know, which is when you're actually like watching a show and you're and you can. Sh- I think the level. It's almost like you want to have like a little like guitar amp, and you want to like be able to turn it up to to ten or eleven or whatever, and be like, this is how interactive I want to be. <laughs> you know, it's right, like I okay. want to. Yeah. Now, that's incredibly difficult, but it's sort of I think you want to be able to make that decision of, you know what? I just want to, you know, get drunk and watch three episodes of House of Cards tonight, you know? Feels like I accomplished something. Um or I want to and not do much or I want to be I want to actually be there or I I want to see I I you know, cuz there's also technology which is really interesting where not only can you look around stuff, but now they're doing stuff where you can look around corners. It's like you can shoot everything. So not only do you look around, but you can kind of move and look around corners and sort of like you can kind of track through the space that you're in, mm-hmm. which is really – and that kind of gets into this thing called LIDAR, which is when you you actually map stuff in a three-dimensional space using lasers. Yeah, that's, so, that's how um, the Google driver of this car works. Yeah, so – Look, there's sort of a singularity to all this that's going to be really interesting. I just don't know. I think original content in VR is, is really interesting. Um, you know, so basically where it's at right now is the, the Oculus Rift is out, um, which is the prototype for for developer kits. The, the Samsung uh, Note 4 is out, which is the Samsung phone, which is in the, the Samsung headset, which I have. Um, you know, YouTube and color, there are players that have this that you can just do it without headset where you move your phone around. And, but yeah, what's crazy, you know, Sony's releasing, the Sony Morpheus is in March of 2016. Apparently the HTC headset's coming out later this year. There's like 10 major people, including Microsoft. Um, and from what I understand, uh, I was talking to, to Vivian about this, but according to, to her and some of the stuff we've been researching, the Microsoft one is going to be it's not going to be VR as much as it's just going to be like holograms projected in front of you, which is really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like, you know, the star Wars SOS call, 
you know, it's like things projected in front of you or like the minority report stuff. So that's a whole other thing. So you walk into your, your room, the house of the future, and you just throw, you like move your hand and there's like a three-dimensional holographic football game in front of you that only you can see kind of thing. So, um, so as these things roll out, like the technology race is going to be crazy. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be awesome. We, we don't know, but it's going to be cool. I mean, uh, I guess what are the odds today that we're in the matrix? (laughs) Well, I think, I think it's, it's possible to get to a point where it's so real that you can just decide, you know, you could do whatever you want. Um, that you, you, it might be preferable to just be in that world and you could, and like you could do this today. You could set yourself up and you know, you, I know, I know I love floating. So like you put yourself in a float tank, you install some kind of, uh, like feeding tube in your stomach, which exists. They have these things and you know, you put a catheter in and you stick a, uh, uh, the headset on with your headphones and like you're in it it would be a shitty experience but it's like technically possible to do this right you know like when does it like when does it get to a point where that where there are people who do it and there are people who don't yeah i mean i think it comes down to how how long um i think you probably could do an immersive experience where yeah it'd be sort of an interesting experiment i wonder if you could Depends how interactive it is. I think if there was a video game VR like that, that was very interactive. I think on the passive end, I think you would, I think I, you'd lose it. But I think you'd have to be active. Oh yeah, I think that the, it's not even to really get that right. It's not even VR. It's like it's actual like pe- you hooking something up to your brain. Like, right. It's you have some kind of implant in your head, or you have something that like sits over top of your head, and is it? Because that's the thing is that, like they have EEG monitors out there and for like the best thing you can do with it now is like, you can sort of train it to to like so if if you think of a square it'll like put a square on the screen or if you think of like up really hard like you can you can move like a, a drone <laughs> up and down like a little drone really yeah wow. so that, like so if that technology gets better um you can use the thing to uh i don't know drive a car or you know fly a plane or something like that but also I, I think the thing that we've we've made almost no progress on is is actually having something shoot waves into your brain and, and affect what you're what you're doing yeah I and mean, that's probably about 10 years off <laughs> just yeah, throw, like, throwing out a throwing out a few yeah who that. knows that yeah it could be 10 20 50 100 like never <laughs> but if that were to happen then you've really got something that's like it's, that's a different world <laughs> that's that's not even worth like speculating about it's like it's just we would just be living in a different world. But yeah, I mean to really to really comprehend it, and you know, I'm, I'm, I shot this test. I'm still uh, working on. Um, should have some interesting like a sizzle reel to kind of show, or, or kind of some stuff to talk about, and some more tests to do. But I, I think it's really, I think it's just really fascinating. And the challenges from a filmmaking's perspective and creative perspective are just are enormous in terms of how you actually do everything. So I think. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really cool, and I think that to truly understand it, you should get Google Cardboard, or you can get an unlocked Samsung Note and the headset for around like nine hundred dollars total, mm-hmm. which which is you know which is an investment, especially as there's other stuff coming out. But 
Um, I got the note so unlocked, and you know I'll probably flip it at some point. But it's, <laughs> I think it's I think it's cheaper to buy a plane ticket to just hang out with with at your place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah. You should no. It's way cheaper than that. Um, but you know you can do you can still. I would encourage you to watch as much stuff in color and in other apps as much as you can for now. Yeah, and, and um, uh, you know we'll see. But so many people. What's really interesting about the technology is that it's actually been around for, um, like, conceptually, it's been around for a while because the files themselves are what people used to use in planetariums. Mm-hmm. Okay. The actual, the QuickTime file, like the actual video file, because all it is is like an unwrapped cube or an unla- unwrapped sphere of, of of footage. So, it's um, it's theoretically not that complicated. It's just it's the combination of of that sort of coming of age. It's the combination of the stitching software and it's a combination of go. It's like the combination of that and having GoPro and having better, smaller cameras, um, and professional cameras too. But it's like that plus, you know, what red has done and, and what digital cameras are in general, those three or four things combined is what's really making it possible. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, cool, man. You should definitely check as much as you can out. I want to see, uh, uh, I want to see some of your uh, your favorite VR videos. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's out there. <laughs> um, all right, sweet. Well, uh, I'm glad we could catch up. We, we will have a number of interesting guests on soon. Um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to. Yeah, we've, trying to... we've fallen behind. We're we're back in <laughs> back on in the saddle. We've got a bunch of people lined up. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you're as psyched as I am uh, and Dan is about virtual reality. And we'll see you next time.